everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Rubin. Jeff Rubin Show. This is a special episode. It is a topical episode. I am here with Dr. Will Brooker, one of the world's leading experts on Batman, who I love to call Dr. Batman. Dr. Batman, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's good to be here again. Now, Will, uh, for those uh, who are like a PhD thesis on Batman, what like what does that mean? We got a whole episode about that already. It was a while ago even. That was episode, I looked this up, that was episode 20 of the show where we talked about that thesis and kind of your history with Batman. Then, nearly 100 episodes later, Will came back to talk about uh, The Dark Knight Returns, which was at the time new. That's the third Christopher Nolan, right? I always get that wrong. Rises, Dark yeah. Dark Knight Rises. We talked yeah. about Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, the weekend it was released. Yeah. And then last summer, Will came back one more time uh, when we were doing a run of episodes about how to enjoy things. And we talked about Batman, com- Bat- Batman. Batman comics and yeah. uh, how to enjoy comics and how to enjoy Batman comics and kind of some on-ramps for potential newbies. Um, so that's kind of the, the history of Will being on the show. But today, we are going to, of course, be discussing the new movie, Batman versus Superman. Uh, we are recording this on Easter Sunday. Thank you for making time on Easter Sunday, Will. That's my pleasure. Uh, the movie just came out. And, uh, you know, like like I've been talking about since we started the show just now, uh, Will, you were one of the leading experts on Batman, so I cannot wait to hear uh, mm. what you think of the movie. Um, I think there was a good movie in there somewhere. Uh, I think it probably could have been re-edited with additional scenes into a decent movie. Uh, I don't want to add to the negativity about this movie, which has got a 30% rating on Rotten Tomatoes now. I think it's more interesting and more challenging to try and find positive things to say about it than to continue being negative about it. So I'm trying to think think the things that I liked. I liked um, Alfred, uh, which is Jeremy Irons. I thought that was a very well-played, interesting take on Alfred. I thought uh, Affleck's Batman was actually actually pretty good. I liked the way he looked. Yeah, I liked that too. Uh, I liked the way he spoke. You know, very kind of solid. I liked I liked him as Bruce Wayne. You know, he had a kind of conscience. Uh, I felt he was probably one of the best elements, really. He was a lot better than, than Superman. And another thing, I, I thought Wonder Woman was good once she appeared. And I liked the music that came on when she first appeared. It was like oh, uh, yeah, a video, music was good. A video game where a new challenger appears or something, you know, where you kind of put some money in and a new character yeah. appears, like a bonus, you know? I like that. That was an exciting moment. So, Wonder Woman and Batman. And and to be fair, uh, Diana Prince, as we, you know, we only heard her name once, but I liked Wonder Woman in her civilian um, persona and her interactions with Bruce Wayne and Alfred. So, you know, I liked those bits. Yeah, I'm kind of with you in that I would I would agree that it is more challenging to find positive things to say about the movie, but that they do exist and they were there, and I think all the things yeah. uh, that you already cited. I mean, so Batman is kind of your thing, if you don't mind me saying. So let's yeah. dig into that Ben Affleck, and I think it's probably okay if we if we get into specific points in the movie, yeah. otherwise known as spoilers, because uh, frankly there aren't that many. The trail there were so many in the trailers, like it's not like I don't even know if there's like a ton of surprises left waiting for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So let's just, let's just rip off that seal and, and feel, feel free to talk about whatever in the movie as specifically as possible. I mean, despite the reviews, I think it's like a billion people are still going to see it. So, um, so Batman, Ben Affleck, like yeah. w- what's new about Ben Affleck? What, what did Ben Affleck do with the character that's different than what Christian Bale did and Michael Keaton, you know, what did he bring mm. to it? 
it is it's really it's a, it's a Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns um, Batman. I mean that's pretty obvious. There is there are scenes in the movie which are a direct tribute to um, Dark Knight Returns directly. I mean almost kind of frame by frame, although in a different setting. There's a piece. Uh, there's a scene where um, there's like a thug with a gun. And we kind of focus on the wall behind him and you just know that Batman is going to reach his hand through the wall and grab the thug's armor. And indeed it did happen. And then, you know, there's another guy saying, you know, I'll shoot, I'll shoot. And Batman says, I'll, I believe you. That's straight out of Dark Knight Returns, which is a pretty, it's 30 years old now. So, um, you know, I do enjoy that book, but they're harking back to something from three, three decades ago. Uh, he's an older Batman. Right. We, we know Christian Bale's Batman in Dark Knight Rises had been retired for seven or eight years, I think. But this Batman, I think he says, has been fighting crime for 20 years. Mm -hmm. There's been a Robin in the picture who's been killed by Joker. That's pretty clearly implied. We see his um, his costume in the Batcave with kind of Joker graffiti on it. So I thought that was kind of interesting because, okay, yeah. so let's get into some comic book history just briefly here. Uh, so Joker in the 80s, about the time of Dark Knight Returns, I guess, um, killed robin there was a contest yeah. to see if robin or uh, a vote to see if robin would live or die fans fans voted him dead and uh the joker killed robin this is like a major generally i think considered a major moment in batman history yeah, with, it, was, it was the jason todd robin wasn't right. it? i mean there's been lots of robins so it was one robin yeah he was right, replaced right, afterwards right. by tim drake and it wasn't dick grace in the original robin anyway but it was a robin who was killed by joker yes yeah. so and that's a big deal like you know so there especially for a lot of people that think of batman as like 60s and campy or whatever yeah which i don't have to tell you about but um but but i feel like batman is traditionally depicted as having jason todd's costume in the bat cave right like that you see that yep. in other batmans but here yep. He is keeping the costume up despite the fact that it has been defaced by Joker. And it says something like, ha, 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 got you again yeah. or something. So Joke's on you or something. Yeah. That, that's yeah. new, right? Like that decision to like have the de have him holding uh, this this costume that's defaced. Up. That's that's new, right? That is new, but I think that's an easy kind of visual shorthand for anyone who knows anything about the Joker for, for to clue us in that it was Joker that did it, you know, without including other dream sequence. I think we probably had enough dream sequences without Batman flashing back to... They probably shot that. I imagine they probably shot that scene, and uh, it'd probably be in the R-rated version, won't it? That movie has... This movie, the one we just saw, Batman vs. Robin, has four, I believe, four dream sequences, including a dream sequence inside of another dream sequence. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell which is dream sequence or not. I didn't know if when Superman sees his dad, if that's totally a dream or if the bit where he's walking up the hill is real and his vision of his dad is a dream or what. It's not very clearly signaled. Uh, one of Batman's dreams, I think, is a kind of flash forward, probably a, a preview of a what's going to happen. Sure. A preview for the next movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but wait, getting back to that costume, though, I just thought it was kind of interesting yeah. to make that, like, ch the idea that Batman would keep that on display, even with, like, the Joker taunting him on it, uh, just, ma like, makes it even darker. Like, it seems like that decision to me, and I guess, like, you can kind of look at that over a lot of the decisions that were made around Batman mm. and just how dark the movie is, you know? I think the idea was, you know, this is a very tough Batman. The idea was probably that he's keeping up to motivate himself, you know, mm -hmm. to remind himself why he does this. This is a very unforgiving, unrelenting Batman. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that. It's very much like the uh, the Arkham video games. There's a, there's a fight scene towards the end which features heavily in one of the trailers. It's at the start of one of the trailers, but actually occurs towards the end of the movie. And it's very much like watching a fight scene in the video game in pretty good way, actually. I mean, I found yeah. it, you know, found it fairly enjoyable because the rest of the movie was not very enjoyable. I think that was pretty well choreographed 
and orchestrated. It's got some very inventive combat moves, all very, very solid, very brutal, yeah. I also thought of the video game there, and that, that, that part is pretty good, and it's also right next to the part where Superman finally fights Doomsday, and that part was pretty good. It just made me recognize it, like, you know, for a, the movie actually, until that last part, it, it is... Somehow, even though it's called Superman vs. Batman, neither a Superman nor a Batman movie. Like, you don't get a lot of either of them until that ver- until the very end there when they finally get to do their thing. Yeah, I, I guess I felt it was more a, more a Batman movie. Um, pra- perhaps that's because we've seen this Superman before in Man of Steel, but this is the first time we've seen Affleck's Batman. So, And I guess I'm more of a Batman fan anyway. So for me, I was more interested in what they were going to do with that character because, you know, we haven't seen Batman and Alfred in this universe before so it's almost worth seeing it's almost worth seeing for that i didn't personally like that doomsday fight i thought that was very cgi i'm afraid i kind of lost interest yeah there was a good article on uh i think it was birth movies death i'm sure it was in fact Mm -hmm. about uh kind of comparing that to the avengers fight and how in the avengers when the avengers fight you know you can see the teamwork in the fighting like they're not just fighting because it looks cool like but you can see that like someone is knocking someone down and then Thor hits him with his hammer or like uh, Iron Man deflects his beam off of Captain America's shield or Iron Man, you know, brings the party to them and like you can see that they're all working together. Whereas here it felt much more just like three people hitting someone and like when things worked out, like it almost felt like a coincidence. Like there's zero communication between them. Yeah, I think that is one of the problems with this movie, which um, which Avengers has uh, has managed to solve. The reason I enjoy those Avengers movies is because there's such a sense of characterization and interaction. I think we, we feel we know those characters, we know what the characters want, we know what their relationships are with each other. I mean, I'm going to enjoy um, Captain America Civil War, even though I'm not a big Marvel fan, because, you know... Tony versus Steve is, uh, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. We kind of feel these guys have a history. They're friends. They're going to fall out. We feel what they want and what their relationships are with each other. Whereas with Batman, Luthor, Wonder Woman, and um, who have I left out? <laughs> no, it's just four of them. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Luthor. We didn't know what any of them wanted. I think all their motivations were confused. Yeah, and I think just the fact that you called it Tony versus Steve says a lot, you know, that you don't even call it Captain American versus Iron Man. You're on a first-name That's basis right. with them, you know? Absolutely. As they are, exactly, yeah, exactly. These guys, we can't really tell what they're fighting for. I mean, I think Luthor was one of the worst elements. Um, he was so kind of mixed up. What is he really trying to do? And the Batman versus Superman fight was kind of something he orchestrated, which I find hard to believe that Superman and Batman are really so stupid. They're going to allow themselves to get manipulated by like puppets by this kind of Mark Zuckerberg-type supervillain. Yeah, Batman did not exactly come off as the world's greatest detective in this movie. no. No, he didn't. But also Superman is standing right next to a bomb and doesn't kind of hear, hear it or see it. Right, right. These That's a great point. Yeah. There are, I mean, the one thing I really kind of tuned, tuned out, I think, is where Luthor says to Superman, you know, you've got to fight Batman. You've got to bring me Batman's head or else I'm going to kill your mother. But, like, Superman could be o- over across the city and rescued his mum in a second. And then he has to get Batman to do it. But this is like a god. We've seen his powers. We've seen that he can fly to Africa. We've seen that he can come back from the top of a mountain and rescue Lois mid-drop from a skyscraper. The idea that Superman has to do what Luther tells him to just really strained my credibility. Now, I think there's sort of a... 
in the same way that I think people were really upset with, you know, <laughs> let me be more specific, nerds were really upset with um, the ending of uh, Man of Steel where they, Superman kills General Zod and a lot of people felt like yeah. Superman doesn't kill. There's like a, sort of a minor nerd controversy brewing around this movie uh, around how violent Batman is because uh, yeah. Batman... I mean, so I, I kind of have mixed... I, I actually kind of want to defend the movie here because I think people... I've heard people say that it's bad because Batman kills people. Or, or, and that, that doesn't... I mean, first of all, did that did that bump you at all? Did that bother you, like, how violent he was? I mean, he was branding people. That's, that's pretty extreme um, for Batman, right? Yeah, I think... Well, branding is something I don't remember ever seeing in comics. I don't think we actually see him kill people definitely, do we? I mean, we see him... Out just I, I think it's actually not that far from previous Batman movies where you like you don't see him shoot anyone yeah. in the head, obviously, but um you do see him do things that like clearly are going to result in the death of someone. Like you know, in the same way, like he sh- he fires like a missile and like explodes someone off of a building. Like yeah. yeah, that guy's dead. But also, if you go back to like nineteen, if you go back to like Michael Keaton Batman, like he throws a Joker henchman like down a bell tower. Like that guy is also dead. You know, even though they don't show him like ceasing to breathe, it's pretty clear Batman is doing something uh, that's gonna result in in death. You know. Yeah, I think that's right. I feel the same way about Daredevil. I mean, the Daredevil on Netflix at the moment is a big deal. He says to Punisher, you know, I don't kill. But we see Daredevil doing a lot of stuff yeah, where it's like he- we actually see the guy die, but he's going to be pretty severely injured if not. Uh, there is In Batman's dream sequence, it's a bit jarring. He uses a gun in the conventional way. Right. I actually notice he uses a lot of guns in this movie because there's the dream sequence where he's, like, hitting people with guns. and then- No, he shoots the gun as well. He, he does shoots shoot. the gun in the dream sequence? I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. All right. Well, anyways, touch at the very least, he's touching guns there. Um, but there's also he uses a Gatling gun trap on mm. Superman, and mm. uh, his car has a gun. His plane yeah. has a gun that he's firing. You know, I guess we don't see bullets go through anyone, but he's firing the, the, the Gatling gun mm. from his plane pretty willy nilly. Mm. And uh, also, mm. his kryptonite gas dispenser is is a gun. Um, and you know, like none of them are exactly like he takes a pistol and shoots someone, but like that's that's a that's five examples of Batman using a gun, which is something yeah. he's not traditionally depicted doing. Like, that's – together, that's a pretty compelling case to me that Batman is is using guns. I don't think that's why the movie's bad. Like, that's not my problem with the movie. Um, but it does seem to go against what we uh, – a pretty major core tenet of Batman, right? It's a pretty major – I mean, it's one of the things that makes Batman Batman, isn't it? He doesn't use guns and he doesn't kill. Those are one of the things we know. And I think that's – I think that's a really important – character type actually because without if batman was to use guns he'd be pretty much unbeatable part of the point <laughs> about batman is one it's one of his limits isn't it characters yeah, need yeah to it's have like a, his weakness i mean we know that batman has got so much plot armor you know you always say you know who would win batman if he had time to prepare would beat pretty much anyone the fact that batman won't use a gun is one of those useful limitations that makes him makes a fight more interesting so right. i think that's one of the reasons also of course it's because his parents were killed i by remember a gun. Yeah. i i because no, we actually please. see that at the start of the movie, and he's still so hung up about his parents, there is a reason included at the start of the movie why he wouldn't touch a gun. So, um, oh, I thought that was just to set up that his mom's name was Martha. Oh, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was important. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. And I actually remember from one of your earlier appearances on the show, and I was upset because you recommended a book, and then you just decided started to describe it, and Batman had a son in it. 
And I was like, well, oh, that yeah. man doesn't have a son. And then sure. we, we kind of talked about like, well, what are the things that make, like there are like three core tenets or whatever they are of, of Batman. Like what are the things that make Batman Batman? Because there are all these different interpretations and like not using guns is a pretty big one. Yeah, he has no superpowers. He doesn't kill, doesn't use guns. His parents are dead. I don't know. He's very rich. There are a few kind of, well, we could go further down the list, but I think, yeah, one of the main things is he doesn't have superpowers, but I think not using guns is a pretty important part of what makes Batman Batman. Um, you know, and you can use things which look like a gun, but to actually pick up a gun with bullets and use it like a gun, you know, is uh, is breaking the rule. I think. I, I want to try to follow your suggestion and focus on at least some of the positive. But one thing yeah, I just want to quickly express my disappointment with is, uh, you know, I feel like Zack Snyder in this movie didn't really have a take on Gotham. Like, I, I you know, if you think about Tim Burton Batman, like you can close your eyes mm-hmm. and picture that city. And uh, Chris Nolan, it's, like, a little more realistic, but still, like, you know what that Gotham looks like. Like, here, you, you really don't know, and, like, it's just kind of across the street from uh, from That's Metropolis. And I'm just wondering, did you have any take on, like, just the setting, like, Batman's world? Um, they looked pretty similar, didn't they? I've got to say, visually, I, I don't think I could really tell when they crossed from Metropolis no. to Gotham. And that- and- that's pretty. That's pretty important. Again, that that I mean, Snyder is supposed to be a big kind of comics fan, and one of the most important things about Gotham and Metropolis is one of those things he stresses. He has Luther say during the movie, you know, it's like day versus night. That's the whole point about Metropolis. They're both kind of New York, but the polar opposite of each other. One is, you know, New York on a June June day in in, in midsummer at two o'clock in the afternoon on a sunny afternoon, and Gotham is like New York on Halloween in a bad area. So. It's really important that they're different cities, I think, and we didn't feel that at all. I I think that's right. I mean, Batman, he had like a – his mansion was just kind of in the middle of nowhere, and it was dilapidated, right? That, yeah, that, that was the man. But it was like the first few times they went there, and there was an establishing shot. Like establishing shot, I didn't even fully understand that that was supposed to be the mansion. Like I didn't understand no. what, what the setting was. You know? No, I didn't the first time either. I got to tell you, Will, if you, a man who wrote his PhD thesis on Batman, yeah. doesn't recognize the Wayne Manor when they show it, like that—that's sort of that's that's yeah. problematic for the film. I understood it the second time. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as, as I say, there's so much in the movie. You can't help thinking they could have cut some stuff and included other stuff, which which would make it make more sense. I, I don't love to play like armchair director and be like, oh, they should have done this. They should have done that. But like, what, what would you like to have seen in the movie? Um, I think I wouldn't have had Doomsday in the movie. I think what they're doing there is trying to cross um, Dark Knight Returns with the death of Superman sure. story. I think adding Doomsday and the whole Zod thing was a step a step too far. I think if you'd... I'm not even sure about Luther and it really... I mean, Dark Knight Returns is a pretty good story on its own, you know. You could do a lot worse than just trying to adapt that. And in that, Batman tries to stop Superman because Superman is an agent of the of the government, basically. And Superman is trying to stop Batman because he's, he, he's too rogue, you know. He needs to be corralled in. And in that book, because it's set in 1986, Reagan is the uh, is the president, and and Superman is kind of you know his his super soldier, um, and so there's a good political reason there. You don't need Luther, who was a very unconvincing villain, setting these two guys up in some kind of gladiator match. For some reason, that doesn't make a lot of sense. He was abused by his dad, and so he doesn't believe in God, and so on. I think if if, if Snyder is such a um, comic book fan, and we saw he he adapted Watchmen, or at least he he did a valiant messy job of that yeah i don't need his watchman adaptation actually no it's not it's not terrible i mean maybe just stick to dark knight returns which is a really really good story on its own well the thing about dark knight returns is that it takes place in the future and it's kind of interesting how they split the difference here because dark knight returns is like he's like i mean how old's batman that 70 maybe 80 he's 50 i think oh he's 50 i I apologize 
But he's, I think, older than Ben Affleck is as depicted here. Like he's like no, sort no, of at no, the no. end of his rope there. Whereas I don't think Ben Affleck is quite that there yet. You know, I th- isn't Affleck around forty five or something? I think this Batman seemed to be in his forties. So I guess that's true. I guess that I guess that's true. It just I, I mean, there's like an apocalyptic vibe. If yeah. returns that if you fully like completely adapted it would probably prevent you from bringing you know wonder like the the rest of the yeah, world yeah. and making it a part of the broader DC universe which I'm gonna go out on a limb and yeah. say was a priority for this film that's a good that's a good point because Dark Knight Returns is set after Batman's retirement and how Jordan has gone back up to the stars and, and you know All flashing one woman yeah yeah so, and yeah. I mean Earth has fallen apart or something but it's kind of interesting the way they split the difference where like it is in the future and actually that is one of the things I liked about it like I liked that yeah. Batman is just that like Batman is deep into his career actually makes it pretty unique because um, yeah you know in terms of cinematic depictions of Batman. Yeah, I like that too, because in Batman Begins, you know, we see a, a young Batman making mistakes. So it's good to see someone who's been on the job for so long. You know, he's actually professional. And it is it's kind of enjoyable when we see him um take out that warehouse full of goons, you know, that yeah, you see in yeah. the trailer. I like the bit where he jumps off the top of the bat plane and everything, you know. It's good to see this guy who is really on top of his game. He's so on top of his game it's almost boring for him. You know, it's just not a strain for him. And that is interesting as a different if we compare it to Bale in Batman Begins where he's kind of falling off fire escapes and he's not quite Batman yet. Right. So that's an interesting take on Batman, you know, Batman who's really, really cynical, really brilliant at the job. He's suffered some losses. He, he's, he's lost Robin um, and he's kind of bitter, but he's just really, really brilliant at what he does. I like that. That's a good concept, but yeah. I don't think, I think it was kind of wasted. I'm ex- I'm excited to see the next... I mean, I think it says something, because I remember when Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, you know the internet, and they yeah. love to have a field day with everything, and people were like, you know, jokes and memes, and yeah. and, and even though this movie is um, definitely not being super well-received in all corners, I think everyone kind of agrees that Ben Affleck is pretty good. I think it is generally agreed upon by the nerve the nerd hive mind that this is 0% Ben Affleck's fault, you know, like he is not at all a fault at fault for this movie, which and, no. and none of the cat. And I think people, uh, I think wonder woman was like a big hit. I think that she's been very uncontroversial and that yeah. actually almost makes the movie's badness even more remarkable because the uh-huh. cast is fine. Like usually if there's a bad movie, there's bad acting, but that's actually not what's going on here. The movie itself is flawed. I really couldn't. I, I I hated all the scenes with Luthor in. I have to say, I thought that performance, that characterization, was really awful. It's like a a really bad impression of Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. And I actually I actually read somewhere on the nerd hive mind, that, you know, a theory that perhaps they'd intended to have Joker and Luthor in it, and they were combined into the one character. It does seem like a Jokerish kind of. I just couldn't. That is not how I see Luthor at all. And it wasn't just because he has kind of hair and he's younger. And I think he's the son of. Lex Luthor. I mean, they call him Alexander Luthor more in this one. So right, which is uh, kind of a Death of Superman era thing. Death, right? Yeah, there is a younger Luthor in in comics. Yeah, no, um, I believe he's a clone of the older Lex Luthor, pretending or something oh, like that. You know, comic books. Well, there's, there's yeah, there's one where he's actually a a, a good guy, uh, <laughs> Alex Luthor. Anyway, um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate, kind of wanted. I didn't hate Jesse Eisenberg in that mo- movie, and I kind of liked as someone who's worked at a lot of dot com companies. I kind of liked the mm-hmm. idea. I liked that he was like playing basketball with his coworkers and like yeah, had, like, okay. he, like didn't have an office. I thought like I I, I yeah. really wanted and I liked the idea of like Zuckerberg as Lex yeah. Luthor. I think is really interesting yeah. and there's a lot you could play yeah. with there. But I kind of wanted like one moment where it's it seemed like uh he was 
he had it together. Like one actually clever mm-hmm. moment, you know, mm-hmm. like one like really clever devious thing. Mm. And like, I don't know that I got that. No, no one. And it seemed very clever. I guess that's another problem. It seemed like a kind of stupid movie and that all of the characters did stupid things. And especially, <laughs> you know, as, as we're saying, Batman, the world's greatest detective and Superman is kind of like a God who can see through walls and hear things across the world. The fact that, you know, everyone just seemed to not be acting for good reasons. There didn't seem to be a good rationale behind what anyone did. Oh, yeah, like when Superman... I mean, that's... And this is really the problem with the movie. The problem with the movie is not that Batman is violent. I'm sure you could make a terrific movie where Batman has a machine gun. Like, that is certainly possible. That doesn't make the movie bad. The problem... The real problem with the movie I have is that, like, almost every single scene, if you think about it, like, Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. Like, why anyone would... Like, when Superman stops the Batmobile great scene like yeah. it's in all the trailers of course yeah. and it actually like you it's uh, probably 90 minutes out of the movie and it's like the first time you really set up yeah um but like it, but if you actually stop and think about it it doesn't make sense that superman no. wouldn't have stopped him while he was chasing the car no. that you know like th- why he let the bad guys get away like nothing yeah. you know like if you actually it feels like so many scenes in this movie are there yeah. to set up like to get you to the moment that he mm-hmm. wants to show we had like mm-hmm. Superman punching doomsday or Batman fighting a bunch of dudes, like or, or Batman pulling Superman out of the car or Superman yeah. pulling Batman out of the car. Like so much of the movie is sort of just like not good in and of itself. And it's sort of worked backwards to get you to some arbitrary yeah. point you want to get to. I think that's a really good way of putting it. I mean, it's almost like a movie which would work for, it's almost like a really, really long trailer in oh, that it's kind yeah. of about, it's about cool-looking moments, but they just do not make sense. It almost makes as much sense logically as, as the trailer. You know, like in a trailer, you know, you jump there, you jump there, you jump there. And oh, man, this, this movie's going to be great because look at all these great, cool moments or look at all these beats. But they're in the same kind of out-of-logical sequence in the movie. And you're, you're absolutely right. That's the problem. There's just too many plot holes. Another good one. And there's actually a really good movie about this on Birth Movies Death too. just like questions the movie left. But another good one is just that I didn't understand when I watched the movie is there's this whole thing about how Lois is in a don't even get let's not let's just put Lois in a box and not even discuss Lois in this movie like that. Oh, I thought Lois was all right. Oh, really? I thought in terms of characters doing nonsensical things, Lois is like top of the list in this movie. But um, so Lois is in the desert and Superman has to rescue oh, her yeah. and a bunch of people are killed. So there's some yeah. sort of betrayal there. It's like kind of unclear what happened. And then somehow like everyone on Earth is mad at Superman about it. Yeah. And I was kind of yeah. unclear like and this is a major part yeah. of the movie. Like everyone is mad because a lot of the movies about how people don't trust Superman and they don't trust him because of this incident. And even yeah. days later, I'm still kind of unclear if does, do people think Superman shot everyone in the desert? Yeah. Like exactly. Like, yeah, exactly, I really don't right? understand. And then that and movie. The that, same with the bomb. The same with the bomb in the Capitol. Like, how could Superman be responsible for that? And then at the end of the movie, after the Doomsday fight, everyone's happy with Superman again, even though there was just this an, another city yeah. destroying battle caused by something from Krypton. That's right. Like everyone just, immediately flips on Superman, and there, there, there's no. It's not shown at all. Like why that turning around, or people saying, "Oh, we were wrong. He sacrificed uh-huh. himself, or whatever." Like it just. I don't know. It's just like, oh, yeah, you wanted to show, and now we're really getting it. This is the one thing that was unspoiled by the trailers. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, he wanted to show that shot of Superman's coffin, so they, so they yeah. did that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's what it is. He's got a bunch of cool things he wants to show you, and he hasn't worked out the structure, you know, the train tracks that have to take you from here to here. It's like a kind of roller coaster, you know, where you just see a tableau, and then you move on, you see another tableau. But there really is... He's, he's got to think about story. It's absolutely incredible to me that a movie could have got to this point and so much money's got into it and no one's kind of thought, well, how does this join up 
why is this character doing this thing? If you took this thing to a creative writing workshop, everyone would be pointing out, you know, okay, but why why did A get to how come A jumped to F's or something? Where's where's all the points where's all the points in between? There's too much that doesn't make sense. And you're absolutely right. The philosophical questions that he's trying to hang on this about God and man and you know good and good and evil and responsibility, they don't work either because the structure that's supposed to underpin it isn't there either. There's no rationale behind it. Right. When Superman and Batman finally stopped fighting, I felt nothing. I wasn't yeah. like, you know, I, I didn't understand why they stopped fighting. I was, and I'm a reasonably intelligent person who had been paying attention to the film. Like, it was not at all emotional for me. And when Superman died, it wasn't emotional for me. No. I got, no. you know, Superman's death really doesn't work because like, what kind, like, what kind of idiot do you think we are that we don't yeah. know Superman's not coming back? To like, play it off like Superman might actually be dead is borderline no. insulting, you know? And then the well, movie also, ends. We, we, we just saw, we saw him about 20 minutes before that get nuked and seem to be yeah. dead. And then we've already seen him come back. Yeah, come you're, back. that's a great point. He just, he just died a moment ago. Yeah. He just died. But, like, the last shot is, like, dust rising up. And it's like, oh, maybe yeah. he's not dead. And, like, yeah, of course yeah. he's not fucking dead. This is only the second movie he's in. He's obviously... So they're, they're, they're trying to do an Inception there, aren't they, with the uh, the spinning top at the end of Nolan's Inception. Right, but well, the end of Inception's good because it's like they're yeah. never going to make Inception 2, so it does, like, really yeah. leave you with a lot to think about. Whereas, like, clearly Superman... Like, oh, yeah. is Superman alive? Yeah, he's alive. He's fucking yeah. Superman. He's, like, the centerpiece of this billion-dollar franchise yeah. that just labor... Li- extremely laboriously launched. Yeah. I'm getting worked up. Right. That's the thing about this movie. The more I think about it, the less I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of, you know, I, I would like to, I would like to like it. I, you know, I, yeah. I would like to have enjoyed it. Um, of course. I mean, I paid and saw it. I, I was hoping I'd enjoy yeah. the experience. And I, I guess I kind of did. I, I've been, I mean, I didn't outright, as much as we're complaining about it, like, it's not quite a Green Lantern-level train wreck. Like, there are certainly redeeming qualities, the performances being one of them. And, like, maybe if it sets up a good Batman movie and a good Wonder mm-hmm. Woman movie, it'll have been worth it. That's not worth saying. Like, you could have just made those movies without making another yeah. movie up. Yeah, um, I'll say this for it. I would watch I would watch an Affleck Batman movie, and I would watch a Wonder Woman movie by this team. Uh, not with great expectations, but I, I expect they, they might be better than that. I'll tell you, I mean, I wouldn't watch a Flash movie or an Aquaman movie or a Cyborg movie based on this at all. Oh, let me just say that as well. The introduction of the Justice League. Oh, my goodness. Really, really badly done. Really badly. Um, so not to endlessly compare the, it to Marvel movies. I kind of feel bad doing that. But it does make you appreciate kind of the elegance of the Marvel end credits sequence because – if there was a scene in the middle of Iron Man 1 where Samuel L. Jackson shows up yeah. with no introduction and you're expected mm. to know who he is, that yeah. would derail Iron Man 1 and make it a worse movie. But when you kind of separate it and put in the end credits, it's like do whatever you want. Like, you know, if you don't get it, it's not ruining the movie for you. And if you do get it, it's like this really exciting thing to leave you on. Batman vs Superman has an end credit sequence. It's just in the middle of the movie. It's in the middle of the climax, even. Come on, yeah. Well, and also, it's like if Samuel L. Jackson turned up and said, "Look, uh, Tony, here's some computer files I want you to look at." And then what we see is someone's computer screen with them opening oh. video files. In the middle of a movie, we see these tiny little video files open on the screen. And I hate the most, he had logos for them. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. I mean, this is the introduction of the one of this is like the introduction of the Justice League. This is Batman telling Wonder Woman there's others like it like us out there, and he does it via an email. And then there's like three minutes of her watching, essentially watching teasers for the next three movies, and it keeps cutting back to Wonder Woman staring at the laptop, just being like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah. 
it's just really really bad movie making yeah you know? it really is it's just it's just it, that is that is just not a good way to make a, a big screen movie to have to have a show for 10 minutes someone looking at a laptop screen clicking on icons and looking at really bad little uh, surveillance footage it was not at all exciting and she goes line by line on the email too like she like yeah. Presses like down, and it's like, do you know she anything about down. this? And then, like, the next slide is dramatically down. revealed. She scrolls down. She scrolls down. Yeah, very slow. Yeah, so, I do not. I'm afraid. I am. I really don't have a lot of faith in in their ability to do a Justice League movie wait, now at all. Oh, and I know. And the scene where I suppose it was the Flash comes from the f- the dream yeah. sequence in the dream sequence, never yeah. spoken of again. Like he has a yeah. vision to not trust Batman, and that or he has a vision that like kind of confirms his fears that he shouldn't trust Superman. That's that never right? mentions it again. It just happens. It's no. just like in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it's like another post. There's two. You could say there's two end credit yeah. scenes, except they're both yeah. in the middle of the movie. And they put them in the middle. All right, well, wait, we got off track from the positives, though. I want. I do want to try. Okay. Let's let's try to find some positives. You mentioned Alfred, and this is like kind oh, of a yeah. different. Like I think a lot of people know Alfred is kind of like the stuffy, uh, yeah, Michael Michael Caine type, frankly. And here he's like, uh, you know, a, a, a little. He seems more of a peer of Batman, right? Like, does that have a basis yeah. in in Batman history? He had that kind of ex. He had that kind of military vet kind of feeling about him, didn't it? I think in uh, in a, in, a, in a comic in a graphic novel, Batman Earth One, he's he's a bit more like that, a bit of a kind of tougher guy. Uh, he seemed like he could handle himself, and he takes over the the bat plane at one point with right. um, joysticks in the bat cave. You know, yeah. Well, I like the fact they've grown older together, and it's not like well, obviously he did know Batman when he was a boy. I, said, I don't know. They seem like the same age, don't they? Funny enough, they seem much closer to. They seem more like peers than like obviously Christian Bale and Michael Caine. Yeah, that's a good point. They seem like about forties and maybe fifties or or sixty at the oldest. So yeah, interesting. They seem kind of more like 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 vet buddies or something like battle buddies. Um, I, I liked uh, Iron's performance there, kind of dry and witty. I thought he was he was one of the best actors in the film really so again i think it bodes well for a batman movie yeah Perhaps directed by someone directed by someone else you know yeah. i think those two it really, probably really ben helped. affleck i think is gonna i think he's making the batman movie i just or maybe i'm assuming that okay. but like that yeah that would be good that would be good affleck is a good director i think he's a good actor and i hope he doesn't feel too disheartened by the reaction to this movie and oh, get put yeah. off my the Batman, you know. Sad, I mean, did sad you see Af- that sad Affleck video? Yeah, that video is fucking yeah, real. Good. That thing, yeah. like, it. I actually, I tweeted that like I didn't like the movie, and then like I tweeted, yeah. I like walked it back a little, and I think I actually felt guilty because I had seen that sad Affleck yeah. video. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like Affleck. I got to say, I like him. I like you know, I like I like his kind of star persona, and I like him as as Batman. You know, I think he's got a good, he's got a real presence. He's got a real big physical presence. Um, I like the way he came across. I like him as Bruce Wayne. And one other scene I liked. In fact, for the first ten minutes of this movie, Jeff, I was thinking this isn't so bad at all. No, I kind of yeah, I thought that was cool to like see the superhero fight from another perspective. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I thought when Bruce Wayne was driving into what is kind of clearly signaled as being like nine eleven, when he's driving towards. He's actually he actually runs into kind of a cloud of smoke and rubble and saves people. I Again, the shot that was in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've seen it. You've seen all the good bits in the trailer, pretty much. I think, um, but I liked that. That was an interesting take on Bruce Wayne as someone who's really courageous, uh, very moral. You know, very very motivated. He's just a normal guy, but it, a guy who's going to run toward a disaster rather than run away from it is an interesting kind of hero. So it, yeah, he has employees so loyal they won't leave the building until he calls them and tells them to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that guy turns out to be some kind of plot point. 
Oh, not the guy. There was um, the guy in the building too, though. The guy who like I guess actually it? dies. He like says a prayer before he dies. Like oh, Bruce is trying to reach yeah, him like, on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He won't leave until Master Wayne. But that's tells another him. scene where it's like when you're watching, you're like, okay, it's like sad because he's seen die. But like if you actually sit there and think about it, like that guy, like yeah. that Bruce is trying to call him, doesn't matter. It's like again, you can kind of see the machinations like trying to set up this moment that uh, Zack Snyder yeah. really wants. Yeah. But I thought that was a really interesting sequence, seeing that battle. Yeah, you're from right. I, I took it negative again. You're right. That was a cool scene. Yeah. Seeing the effect. I, I, I liked it very much where we kind of see a replay of the Superman versus Zod battle from, from Man of Steel. But we, we're seeing kind of like the effect of heat vision as it would seem to like mortals down on Earth. That was pretty, that was pretty interesting, actually. So, yeah, that, that scene was good. I think all the scenes with Batman were kind of pretty good. I didn't really like the bit where he fashioned a lance a kryptonite lance because he had bullets right why don't you just keep on making bullets and put them in your gun rather than make some kind of symbolic i mean uh, you know, the round table thing you know exactly why because Zack snyder made this movie and he was like batman's oh, yeah. gotta have a spear yeah. yeah gotta have a spear yeah i mean i was i was talking about the movie with my friends afterwards and one of them was like uh there was that scene where lois lane had to run back and get the kryptonite yeah. spear and then he was like oh i yeah. just i just heard myself i just realized the sentence i just yeah. said <laughs> yeah and she just put it there she put the spear down. I don't even know where it was in some pool somewhere. I don't even know what that was. Yeah, she like makes a little prom for herself, where she like throws it in the pool and then she yeah, goes in the pool. I don't know what was the pool. Where was the pool? Yeah, that's a great question. Like, what, what is that? that? What is that? Where great did that que- come from? The some kind of just full of those. Like, if you if you just pl- and look, like I know it's a comic book movie. I know it's like got a man who can fly in it. Yeah. And, like, it's not supposed to stand up to like intense scrutiny, but like. At a very basic level, like you have to understand like why a character is doing something yeah. in any given scene, and I feel like it doesn't pass that test. Well, here we are, more good things. I thought Kevin oh, Costner. God damn it! And, it's so uh, hard. <laughs> I thought Mar, Mar and Park Kent, you know. Oh good, yeah, yeah, they're good. good. Roles, I guess they bring some heart. Holly Hunter, I thought, was good for what she was given as a role of a, a senator. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, she's always good. I actually thought she was pretty interesting because. At first, you were like, oh, she's an evil senator. And then you were like, oh, she's not totally evil. Yeah. She's like trying to get something done. So there was a degree of nuance there that I thought was kind of interesting. She was blown up halfway through the movie, of course, but. Yeah, and I liked the music when Wonder Woman. That Wonder on. Woman track really did stand out. You're right. That, re- that, like. That was really good. But I tell you what, actually, I, I really disliked the rest of the music. I think it was Hans Zimmer. It was so overblown. I don't know that it's I noticed like, it anywhere else, to be honest. Um, you know, oh, well, the music is kind of like this. You know, the, the famous, the Inception button. You're like, yeah, yeah. And they were doing that a lot. And there were kind of a lot of kind of heavenly choirs, I think. I felt the music was very, very, very heavy handed. There's even a bit where Batman does something to turn on, on his headlights and there's a massive kind of chord. So even really minor moments like you know how snyder's always showing uh, bullet shells dropping in slow motion we were getting kind of a massive chord as soon as they hit the ground so i felt the music was kind of in keeping with the overburdened overplayed nature of the, the visuals apart from the wonder woman theme so whoever did that if uh, that was zimmer well done let me take a step away from the movie for a second you know and all the times we've talked on this podcast we, we usually keep it to the bat family and i don't know that we've actually talked about superman before or even batman and superman like do you no, in your mind we haven't had a- do, does do batman and superman do they like actually go together as a good team or is that sort of forced not just in this movie but for decades and decades of comic book history because they're the number one and two the flagship characters of dc comics 
Um, well, they they do work together as a team. I think they work best as kind of like contrasts, really, because they're so different. I mean, the movie kind of tried to tap into this, his idea of God and man. You know, like Batman is, is, is a normal person. One of the key things about Batman is he has no metahuman abilities, but he's trained himself to peak ability. And Superman is an alien, a god, who could destroy the Earth, you know, who could rule the Earth, but doesn't because he's inherently good. So they're very interesting characters, and the fact those are the two most popular in DC Comics and they're often seen side by side, is interesting because they are so, 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 so different. You've got an incredibly powerful guy, a Superman. You've got you know, a guy who's not even a guy, but who acts like a kind of all-American, even though he's an alien. And you've got Batman who is incredibly mortal. So the fact that they can even fight side by side and be friends is interesting in itself. And they represent different ideas. You know, Batman is kind of outside the law, and Superman is sometimes called by Batman like a big blue, blue boy scout. He's, he's too kind of um, white bread, he's too kind of good, he's too innocent, too trusting, too naive. And Batman is is the more cynical, sceptical counterpart um, who will do anything as long as it leads to an end. You know, so Batman will be brutal with criminals and, super, and Superman, you know, Superman doesn't kill either. But Superman is much more uh, straight down the middle and Batman is more on the line between outlaw and legal. Right. So they're an interesting couple, yeah, and sometimes, you know, and they are treated in the comics as kind of friends, but what's interesting is how different they are, I think. So they're very interesting characters, yeah, put together. There's no equivalent at Marvel where there's quite a dyad like that. Like, obviously, you can team up Captain America and yeah. Iron Man, and that's great, and, like, they have a, a defined relationship, and, and it's they're great characters, and that's going to be fun, but they're not, like, quite like the Beatles versus the Stones the way Batman yeah. or Superman is, you know? <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's like. And also, at DC, they have, they call it the Trinity with Wonder Woman. Right, uh, that's, that's true. That's so interesting. Not to because, Wonder you know, Woman Wonder Woman, Because Wonder Woman is an, is an Amazon, and so the fact that she can hang around with Batman, what, what I've always liked about Batman the best is he kind of earns the respect of people who have much, much more power than him. If you bring in people like Green Lantern, who's got the most powerful weapon in the universe in his ring, and people like the Flash, who's even faster than Superman in some stories, and the Martian Manhunter, who's, who is a Martian, who's a shape changer. What's interesting to me about Batman is not only does he own these guys' respect, but they're kind of a bit afraid of him. So it's an interesting story like kind of uh, Prometheus, you know, that what human beings can do to actually get onto the level of, of, of gods by sheer intelligence and shrewdness and, and trickery. No, in, in Marvel's, Marvel is kind of making Captain America and Iron Man into that sort of pairing, but I don't think that pre-exists. Yeah, I mean, the- Marvel's even doing Civil War Two this summer yeah. as a comic book event, not the movie sequel quite yet. Yeah. And I believe in the, I'm actually certain that in the, well, I guess I'm not sure, it's it's not Iron Man versus Captain America. I believe it's Iron Man versus Miss Marvel, or maybe it's, it's Captain Ms. America versus Miss Marvel. Marvel, isn't it? It's Captain Marvel, isn't no, it? Yeah. Our, well, the Lady Marvel character yeah. is, she, is she Captain Marvel? Forgive me. Well, there's two of them now. I think there's Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, and I think it's the it's the, Captain it's Marvel. The old, yeah. It's Forgive the old me. One. I wasn't just calling Cap, the Lady Captain Marvel Miss Marvel yeah. to like take her yeah, down a notch. There is also a character called Miss Marvel. That's where it got confused. Anyway, just that like. They're a little more uh, switch outable than I think Batman. Yes, they are. If there's some, if someone who saw this movie, maybe uh, they, their their appetite is stoked for some Batman versus Superman, but this didn't didn't satisfy it. Are there any classic stories where the two team up or fight that you would recommend? Dark Knight Returns, which yeah. we talked about a lot, is obviously at the top of that list. 
Yeah, there's a really good book, actually. Um, it, it's, uh, I believe it's written by Dave Gibbons, who was the artist on Watchmen. I believe it's drawn by Steve Rood, I think. Uh, we can look this up afterwards. But it's called World's Finest, which was the, uh, the title of the comic book which first had Batman and Superman starring together. That was in the 40s, I think. Um, it's a really, really good story. It's about, um, it's got uh, Joker and Luther in it. And it explores the very different nature of Batman and Superman in a much more entertaining and coherent way than this movie. And also, it's, uh, I, I feel it's, you know, it's, not, it's not for kids. It's not, it's not a silly book, but it's the kind of book you could probably give to a 12-year-old. You know, it's, kind of, it's more family-friendly, for what that's worth. It's the kind of comic you could give to kids and say, you know, um, these are interesting characters you might like to meet, read more about. You know, Joker versus Luther, Joker and Luther teaming up is interesting because that's almost like Batman versus Superman too. Like they have, they sort yeah. of have um, a, a similar yin and yang thing going on, right? Like, what what brings those two together? Those are interesting. Characters. Well, what really brings them together is simply their mutual hatred for their uh, <laughs> their course. respective their respective heroes. But they're very very different characters. I mean, when they come together in movies, it's a real it's a, it's a tolerance rather than liking. They never like each other. It's always a a temporary. Alliance, because you know Luther, and I think this is how Luther should be in in the way Luther is in the comics. It's just incredibly, incredibly intelligent. You know, he can just make decisions, he can make plans incredibly fast, um, and that's why I, you know he should be different from Joker. And that's why I think this uh, Eisenberg Luther, who combines aspects of both, really doesn't work. Because I, I think Luther should be totally different, really kind of cold, controlled, uh, a great thinker, but uh, not manic. You know, Joker is unpredictable. Uh, whereas Luther, I think, is incredibly logical. Yeah, you know, that's I, I, I didn't dislike the Jesse Eisenberg performance, I think, as much as you did. But now that you're talking about it in terms of Joker and, like, Joker also being in that universe via Suicide Squad yeah. and presumably, yeah. like, they're all on a crash course for each other. Like, yeah, yeah. like, clearly putting that Jesse, even though we haven't seen the uh, Jared Leto Joker yet, yeah. it, it's any Joker next to this uh, Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor is, like, going to make them both a little worse, you know, because, like, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're it's like, um, it's like. Batman Forever, actually, where, uh, like, mm. Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face is, like, trying to out-Riddler the Riddler. You know, he's trying to out-Jim out Carrey Jim Carrey, and, like, it makes the whole thing a little worse. Yeah, I think you've put it perfectly there. That's, well, that's what we're going to get. If we get that Luthor with the Jared Leto Joker, it's going to be exactly like Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. It's just going to be these two kind of pantomime villains trying to chew up the scenery more. It's just, they're just going to kind of, like, camp it up, aren't they? You know, they're just going to keep turning it up higher, but they've both got the same shtick going on this kind of crazy manic psychotic so yeah if it, i think ben affleck is going to be in suicide squad is what i heard i think he's going to be the batman so in in that movie so yeah. if you bring those two villains together the whole point you know that part of the appeal about superhero um stories comics and movies is the dynamic between them and the contrast really so if you have characters who are too similar you're losing that, and that's what they have in the Avengers characters. You clash. Even the characters who are on the same side have different personalities, like Steve and Tony, for instance. You know, and you have the friendships between the characters and the rivalries and the arguments, and that's what makes these movies interesting. I think not the big action scenes and the <clears throat> the combat and the explosions, but the fact that these are people and how do they get along together and how do they argue and how do they form alliances and how do they break up and what do they what do they feel? What is their motivation? So if you have two villains who are pretty much cut from the same cloth, you, you're unfortunately losing that. Looking to the future a little, you brought up Suicide Squad. Are, I mean, are you at all opt well, do you, are you optimistic about Suicide Squad? This is bat adjacent. We're going to get our first uh, cinematic Harley Quinn. The Joker's going to be there, obviously. 
I think it was a good trailer. It's a very good trailer. It's uh, it's cut very well to a, a queen a queen track. Yep. Um, these aren't characters I feel particularly invest invested in. Uh, I think it's probably going to be an entertain a more entertaining movie, judging from the trailer, than Batman versus Superman. Um, I wonder how it's going to fit into DC's cinematic universe. I mean, I, I, I my prediction is it will do better. My prediction is it will be compared favorably to Batman vs. Superman, and people are going to say this is what Batman vs. Superman should have been like, more kind of lighthearted, you know, not taking itself so seriously, not trying to deal with questions of philosophy and telling a story in a straightforward way. Uh, it's not character. It's, it's pretty minor characters, you know? Apart, well, apart from Joker and maybe Harley Quinn. It's it's relatively... Yeah, um, yeah, no one's like... I mean, even yeah. Will Smith is playing Deadshot, I want to say. Like, I don't know anything about yeah, Deadshot. It is, yeah. No, I don't know. And and what's his name? Uh, the cro- what's the Killer Croc? Croc. Killer Croc, isn't it? Yeah, I should know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Batman so, one. Yeah, these are not yeah. like... Uh, th- I mean, they're not Batman and Superman, frankly. No, and perhaps that's why the movie is going to probably work better because they're not playing with such high stakes and they can mess around more whereas batman v superman it's like you know you've got the three biggest characters in the dc universe there and uh i guess the pressure is on to do something and snyder thought we had to deal with all these moral philosophical questions and perhaps he's just not a very good storyteller anyway perhaps he's just good at visual moments but suicide squad you've got a bunch of fun characters you throw them together it's like the a team you know you're criminals we can let you out to do a mission a dangerous mission that's very simple you see they're not dealing with questions about god and man and good and right. evil so just tell an entertaining story. Now, here's here's really an interesting one to me. What about the Justice League movie? Because even though I didn't like this movie, and I think it's possible I didn't like it, I, I liked it even less than you did. I, I really didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still probably going to, I have to be honest that I'm probably going to go see the Justice League movie, which is going to be like the direct follow-up that's directed by Zack Snyder. Mm. I guess some of it's about Superman coming back to life. I don't know, but uh, mm. presumably there's a scene in the desert where Batman shoots people or the, something mm. like that. Or, uh, But I'm probably going to see it. I mean, are you going to go see – it sounds like you're certainly open to seeing another Batman movie, another Wonder Woman movie, the Suicide Squad movie, but Zack Snyder's Justice League, which, by the way, is coming out in 2017. Mm. I looked it up. It's mm. like a year away. It's so close. Um, w- would you see that? Well, here's the irony, isn't it? I mean, this movie has got terrible reviews, but it's doing great box office. So there's people like me and you who know the movie's going to be bad, and we're still going to see it. Uh, and I guess I probably would see Justice League. I mean, partly just so I can have an opinion about it. I I kind of, I, I almost ask myself, are they still going to make this movie? I guess if it wasn't doing so well commercially, yeah. they might just, you know, junk, junk the franchise. Well, I think um, Week, I week think- 2 will be interesting because we obviously, right now, there's a lot of people interested in seeing Batman versus Superman, but the word of mouth is yeah. really quite negative, uh, even, beyond, even beyond this podcast, if you can believe it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where Week 2 goes. And I feel like it could potentially be an amazing Spider Man 2 like situation mm. where it doesn't like outright bomb and it makes like more money than any of us will ever dream of but that is short of the expectations that this kind of mm. production brings with it and it derails future plans like amazing Spider-Man well I guess, I guess there's no possibility now they're not going to make a justice league movie i mean yeah, if I something's they might even be shooting it yeah perhaps they're going to do some reshoots or something you know anyway it seemed to me that uh and also a couple of things i read online to confirm that it's going to be about dark side who's a massive villain in the, the sure. dc universe his logo is sorry what were you saying yeah, we see his symbol out in the desert. Right. Um, and those, the whole thing about the devil comes from the whole thing about the devil and everything. That the, um, the winged Luthor demons has, things yeah, in the dream sequence yeah. are, are a dark side yeah. thing too. 
So unfortunately, that actually puts it on an even grander scale, which I don't think Snyder is very good at, <laughs> yeah. at doing. I mean, I don't know what else he's good at, but, um, you know, he he's good at doing movies about Spartans, I guess. Uh, no, but if it's about basically Superman, Batman and the Justice League fighting a guy who's basically a, a god from an antimatter universe, it's just going to get bigger. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. So... I think it's just going to be uh, Batman v Superman, you know, turned up, squared, or cubed, because the stakes are going to be higher. They're fighting this evil kind of godlike figure from an alternate universe. Well, Will, I certainly hope you are willing to see the movie and come back on the show when, when, when that yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm depressed. Yeah, I wish it had been a better movie. I really do. Of course, of course. I mean, have you seen any other Batman stuff um, recently that has gotten your attention in the past, I don't know, year or so since you've been on the show? Uh, I've been writing a book about David Bowie, Jeff. So right, I emailed you. Can we talk about that briefly? What, tell me about the David Bowie book. Thank you for coming out of bat retirement for us. We very much appreciate it. Out of retirement, yeah, like Batman, yeah. And and we should mention that you you've written books about Batman. Oh yeah, and people can go follow up. What what, what is that called again? Uh, there's one book called Batman Unmasked, and there's one book called Hunting the Dark Knight. I still get emails sometimes from people who've heard me on your show, and uh, you know they ask me questions about Batman. So yeah, people are still listening to the the old ones. That's great. I, that's my favorite thing in the world to hear. So you've written books yeah. about Batman. If you've enjoyed this conversation, I would definitely recommend checking them out. They're great. But your next book is not about Batman. It's going to be about David Bowie. What about Bowie? You could. I mean, there's so much so much to talk about. It's about another character. It's another character who wears a lot of costumes and masks and has changed an awful lot over his long career. Uh, it's a kind of well, it's a bit similar to my Batman book, but about David Bowie. It's about kind of themes and concepts. It's not a biography it's exploring themes that run throughout bowie's work his 50 his 50 year career and that's due to come out on what would have been bowie's 70th birthday which is uh january of next year so it's the same kind of thing i always do about studying popular icons but it's looking at a guy who was real well i know batman is real to many of us <laughs> but uh <laughs> i think he's a similar figure to batman in a way very kind of complex appears in lots of different media lots of different forms over over decades been interpreted evolves reflects the yeah. era in which he in which he is in yeah and yeah that, so if you like my books about batman uh it's it's that kind of book but about bowie answer give me give me a quick tease like what is a theme because obviously i like most people i think i i and greatly enjoy the music of David Bowie. I'm familiar with a lot of it, but I don't know that I know it well enough to like recognize themes that run through the work. Like, what what is one theme that David Bowie keeps coming back to? Um, ideas about you know the real, for instance, about whether, uh, when he is showing kind of his real, authentic self. There's been times when he said, you know, no, I've got no masks. This is the real me. But looking back, like for instance, in the in the uh, early 1980s, in, in 1983, he said, you know, this is the real me now. There's no more masks. But looking back, we can see that as another kind of front another kind of persona. So ideas about authenticity, uh, the self-identity, you know, who is the real person? Because, of course, David Bowie wasn't his real name in the first place. Right. You've got David Jones, who was born in Brixton in 1947, adopted the name David Bowie, and then adopted another name, Ziggy Stardust. So he had to kind of create these characters in order to perform, but they're all further away from himself. So I guess it's about ideas about, you know, who is the real, who is the real us, you know? What does Bowie tell us about? ourselves and personality as well. well that sounds awesome you will have to let me know when that's out sure so one i can read it and two i can tell the listeners uh and how, how can people find you online how can they bother you with questions about batman and david <laughs> bowie and anything else in between okay. uh let's see they could they could go on a twitter um at at will brooker on that they can they can find me on that well yeah uh thank you <laughs> thank you for seeing this movie and uh yeah. coming back on the show and talking I about it. seen it yeah i saw it especially for you Jim. oh my god it. i'm so sorry <laughs> I, I saw it for, I also 
you know, I probably would have seen it eventually, but I made a point yeah. of seeing it opening weekend so we could do this podcast. So listeners, yep. please appreciate yep. the hard work that That's goes right. into the show yeah. uh, for we you. Suffer. Uh, we, for our- we, su- we suffer for our art. Will, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye now. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, at the end of the last episode, I promised that the next episode was going to be an interview uh, with the fine people behind the website, Reductress.com. Uh, that didn't happen. I I think we can all agree I should probably spend more time looking at calendars, uh, but I didn't. And I, I, uh, then I saw Batman vs. Superman was coming out. I knew we wanted to do something about that. So I pushed that back just a little. The Reductress episode is going to come out. Get ready for this. Next week, not two weeks from now, I am not misspeaking. I want to get this thing uh, back on track, back on the calendar. So next week, we will have an episode about Reductress. And I encourage you to come check that out. Lots more future good Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin shows in the pipeline. I got to tell you, I think I'm getting pretty close. I think I got a pretty solid lead on one I've been looking for for a while. I've been searching for someone who won a Nickelodeon takes over my school contest, which has proved difficult. And I don't know that I found someone who won, but I think I found someone who was at a school uh, where someone else won and the school was taken over. And I think I'm willing to live with that. So that's coming up soon and lots more great Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin shows. You can hear about them first at jeffrubinjeffrubinshow.com or on my Facebook page or at Jeff Rubin Show or, uh, you know, you get you, you guys know the shtick. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in one week. Bye.